Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 95, where we're discussing The Variable from season 5 of Lost. to go talk to your mother, Dan. You don't know my mother, Jack. You ready to tell me why she was wrong? Why we don't belong here? In about four hours, the Dharma folks at the Swan work side, they're gonna... And I drill into the ground and accidentally tap into a massive pocket of energy. The result of the release of this energy would be catastrophic. So, in order to contain it, they're gonna have to cement the entire area in like Chernobyl. And this containment, the place they built over it, I believe you called it the hatch. The swan hatch? Because of this one accident. These people are going to spend the next 20 years keeping that energy at bay by pressing a button. A button that your friend Desmond will one day fail to push. And that will cause your plane, Oceanic 815, to crash on this island. And because your plane crashed, a freighter will be sent to this island, a freighter I was on and Charlotte was on and so forth. This entire chain of events, it's going to start happening this afternoon. But we can change that. I've studied relativistic physics my entire life. One thing emerged over and over. Can't change the past. Can't do it. Whatever happened, happened. All right? But then... Finally realized. I had been spending so much time focused on the constants, I forgot about the variables. Do you know what the variables in these equations are, Jack? No. Us. We're the variables. People. We think, we reason, we make choices, we have free will. We can change our destiny. I think I can negate that energy under this wand. I think I can destroy it. If I can, then that hatch will never be built and your plane, your plane will land just like it's supposed to in Los Angeles. And just how exactly do you plan on destroying this energy? I'm going to detonate a hydrogen bomb. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 95 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. 
And today we're discussing the variable from season five of Lost, um, a mile, or not miles, Daniel centric episode. And right. um, what did you think of the episode overall? Um, actually, I really liked the episode um, uh, because to me it, it gave me some clarity as to some things that I've been uh, wondering about. Okay, um, like, such no, as, such as. Um, what people actually know about what happened in their past, but is happening in their present. Uh huh. You know, I, before there was to me there was some pretty good like questions about, you know, the whole Ben thing and like, you know, why he does if he if he does remember the people um, from the the oceanic flight being in the past or if if right. it was something that was just. But this this to me kind of gave me some. Um, real uh, clarity uh, of what that that looks like and also kind of got to see you know more connections to people off the island and on the island and you know the fact that you know that where Dan came from you know and just stuff like that it was just a really cool um, kind of a um, uh, a real big piece to the um, island and it's uh, uh, um, the, it's people you know yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a good episode too. Um, as some other people will note, we'll we'll hear from some other people later on who bring up the same point. Uh, this was the actually the one hundredth episode of Lost, and mm-hmm. um, for a television series, that's a really big deal. Uh, usually, right. because it's it's kind of the mark of that show can be you know is more likely to be syndicated and picked up by other networks and kind of reran even right. after the series is over. Um, and so they made a really huge deal about this being the 100th episode of Lost. And, okay. And then, so some people, I guess, expected for whatever reason that because it was the 100th episode that the creators of the show would somehow do something differently than they've been doing, you know? <laughs> so, uh. And I didn't really expect that at all. It's like, okay, whoop-de-doo, this just happened to be the 100th episode. It's not like right. they were going to have I mean, some yeah, big it's a great special episode. but. It's a great milestone, but yeah, I don't see that it has to be like, I mean, it, I don't know. I, I kind of, I like consistent shows. I don't like shows that like you have a, you know, a great one episode and the rest of the show is okay. You know, it's like right. if you can roll out the carpet for one episode, why not roll out the carpet for every episode? Yeah. You know? Right. So. But yeah, I thought it was a great episode. Um, and let's just jump into it here. Okay. So the first section I've got is kind of in the present time. Uh, we see Desmond being rushed into the hospital after being shot by Ben. And mm-hmm. Eloise Hawking shows up to talk to Penny. And she says it's her son's fault that Desmond has been shot. She says her son is Daniel Faraday. Uh, right. Which you kind of called that before, didn't you? Do what? No, she what? She um, kind of called that before? No, you called that. that oh, yeah. Daniel yeah. Faraday was, was his Yeah, his, that, was son. My, that, that was my thing for, for a while now. I, I, I knew that that was the case, you know, and, um, you know, obviously we found out a while back that it was, that Daniel was, um, her son and, uh, but it just, I mean, to me, it just kind of made sense from the stuff that was coming on. It's not like I had some great revelation, but it just made sense okay. in, in the order <laughs> yeah. of things, you know? Okay. But she says that she came to apologize. You know, Desmond has become a casualty in a conflict that's bigger than any of them. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, for the first time in a long time, I don't know what's going to happen next. So that's obviously a telling statement. Uh, so she's known, I mean, to, to kind of start setting up the overall story of this episode. Right. She is known for a long time exactly what was going to happen. Um 
which is really interesting. I mean, we can talk about this more toward the end of the episode, but mm-hmm. they're they're giving us hints now, or they're blatantly telling us that she has known what was going to happen in the future for a long right. time. Yep. So the nurses come out and they tell Penny that Desmond is fine. So they, you know, thankfully they didn't try to make that a huge cliffhanger that hung out into season six. Right. So uh, Eloise is leaving and uh, Charles Widmore shows up and asks if, you know, Desmond's all right. She tells him that Penny's inside and maybe he should go see her. He says, unfortunately, my relationship to my daughter um, was, you know, one of the sacrifices that he had to make. And she gets angry and tells him not to talk to her about sacrifice. She had to send her son back to the island knowing full well. And he interrupts her and says, he's my son too, Eloise. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think you called that as well, if I remember correctly. You actually yeah. said that Widmore was maybe Dan's father. Yeah, I actually, when I was talking to my wife about it, I I, I told her that, and she was like, what? And I was like, no, seriously, I, I, I guarantee more <laughs> And she was like, and then it came out. But it uh, it was crazy, actually, you know, even though I felt that, but to just kind of get clarity and, and know for sure <laughs> and to start thinking that, like, how that all works out was pretty big, you know. Yeah. Um, but obviously he wasn't much of a father, you know, because obviously right at that she smacks him and, you know, pretty yeah, much and, leaves him. And that's, um, I was just thinking here, uh, whenever Ben made the comment to, to Widmore, whenever, you know, Widmore was being kind of banished from the island, mm-hmm. um, and he talks about Widmore kind of having a child with someone off the island. Of course, we pretty much, it's obvious that that's Penny. Right. You know, but um, it's interesting that, Daniel's always been in the picture too, you know, Daniel's right. his son, but for whatever reason, I wonder why that's been hidden. I wonder what exactly the story is with Widmore and Eloise and what happened between them. And, you know, why yeah. did she ever leave the Island? We know why he left, but why, why is she off the Island? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's pretty interesting. Like, I don't know. There's another little wild theory here, but I see that Ben kind of has like a, a woman issue. Mm-hmm. Where you know he kind of gets attached to these women, and and he yeah. kind of has this ownership thing. Right. You you almost seems like I could I could definitely venture out and say there was something that happened there between the two of them, and or he had this thing you know for. But like if he wasn't going to be with them or didn't like their relationship, that he would he would banish them both. You know, right. make them leave rather than be there in front of him. You know. Yeah. Um, and I could see that that kind of bends mind working that way um which kind of kind of makes sense later when the when ben uh meets up with uh eloise again and she says that he's probably lying and kind of gives him this look you know you know almost like she was she couldn't stand him but basically knew what she had to do Mm, there was a point yeah there wasn't a good relationship at that moment they didn't like go up and hug each other and oh it's been a long time you know it was just really standoffish you know that's a good point she i mean whenever um you know when they're all standing down there in the lamppost and jack is telling eloise basically what ben has been telling him and he wants to know whether ben is telling the truth and she says probably not so yeah it, it definitely tells us pretty that she knows who he is, at least, at the very least, she knows who he is. Right. Um, but we don't, we haven't seen any flashbacks, or even though we did see Widmore and Ben together 
when Ben was or when Winmore was being kind of banished from the island, we haven't seen anything to, to to kind of confirm that Ben and Eloise were ever on the island together. No, no, um, no, we haven't we haven't seen that, um, but um, I, I want to th- I want to say. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe she was, uh, I've seen her in the, when Ben brought Danielle or Alex back, you know, mm-hmm. like I th- I want to say that I saw her in that or that she was referenced in that or something. Um, uh, or when Dan goes, Oh to yeah. See, you okay. Know? So, um, but, but at, at any rate, um, I'm just assuming that they were there you know, approximately at the same time. But what's an, another interesting thing to look at it is if Eloise, and Winmore had a child together. Obviously, they had some type of feelings towards one uh, one another on the island, and I want to know what happened between them. To right. even even to the effect of why Eloise would be not okay, but at least would concur enough to allow Ben in her presence. Uh huh. You know, right? Because if Winmore is his enemy. You know, there's something going on there. You know, it's like, yeah, Winmore and, and Ben hate each other extremely bad. Well, she can stomach Ben more a little bit than she can Widmore at this point, it seems like. Yeah, and I think what's so interesting is I think despite what happens in this episode with Dan, um, that you have to think that the mystery of Widmore and Eloise, or at least the mystery of Eloise, will play some a pretty big part in season six, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So in a flashback, we see a young Daniel being talked to by his mother about destiny and how she needs to nurture his gift for science and math, and it's her job to keep him on his path. Now, here's where things get creepy to me, um, because obviously we find out that she's known for a very long time exactly what the future held. Mm -hmm. Um, She knew exactly how important it was for Daniel to nurture his, you know, his gifts in science and math so he could, you know, grow up to know and have an understanding of all these different physics related things, you know, as far as time travel and the island and all that stuff. And, you know, it's very clear from this episode that she was very much from the time he was little till the time he went to the island, she was pushing him in that direction. Right of of go almost uh, pushing him in the direction of going to that island when the time was appropriate, yeah, and ultimately it's, to his death. Yep, and same with Widmore. You know, with yeah. his funding and and all those things. Those were all attempts to, or not attempts, but all like preparation. Yeah, and you start to get this sense that Widmore and Eloise both had this bigger picture in mind. They, even though Daniel was their son, they knew he had to play this important part in that future. And therefore, they both, you know, created the best circumstances uh, to get him back on that island. And, yeah. you know, of course, Widmore, it always appeared up until now that his motivations were just to have Daniel research this stuff so he could get himself back on the island. Right. But with... Um, his mom, I don't really, I can't see yet what her motivation is other than like, it's kind of like this has to happen this way. And so here's what you need to do. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, what's crazy is that you look at it and yeah, when Moore's, we thought his goal was to get back on the Island, but mm-hmm. at, when the conversation with Eloise, she says, we, you know, we both know what 
what's going to happen. You know, right. so that that kind of was kind of both their motivation was getting back there and for, the, for yeah. what was going to happen to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's kind of to me, I, I, I mean, it's very like scary and weird to think about that in a lot, a lot of ways. But I guess if you know enough about the fact that you can't change, you know, the past or the future, um, I, you know, maybe it, it, to me, it might seem like almost like someone would have a terminal disease. Yeah. You, you know, you know that they're going to pass. Um, but yet you want to spend the, the best time you possibly can with them while you can. And it seemed like that's kind of the way Eloise, um, approached him in a mm-hmm. way that was um i don't know it was like it was almost like he did have a terminal disease you know it was yeah. like uh she didn't want him to have to do the things that he did but yet it was important you know yeah. and and she kind of even you know you saw her crying and stuff when she told him that he couldn't play the piano no more and things like mm-hmm. that so she wasn't just this heartless person right uh, that because it's it's kind of easy just to look at it that way yeah right you know yeah but I think I think there's a lot more to, to look at than just that. Yeah, and my theory right now is um, the best I can make sense of it is I don't think there ever was any sort of relationship in terms of like a loving relationship between um, uh, Widmore and Eloise. I'm I'm starting to think that what happened was that either the island itself or Jacob or something told them that they needed to have this child because that was destiny. And that right. this child was going to become this man who would somehow be responsible for doing these important things that were so important to the future of the island. It's true. And it's almost yeah. like that's why they had a son. And yeah, that makes more sense than them having a relationship because exactly don't see that. And that's why they were both so focused on sending him down the right path they needed to in order for him to get to the island. Right. But that's that makes the most sense right now. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah, see what I get happens. That. Yeah, I get that. So later, we see Dan at his college graduation with Teresa, and his mother clearly isn't too happy that Dan has decided to you know divide his time between his his studies and this this woman. And uh, his mother tells him that you know he'll have no t- he'll have no time for women. That all the women in his life will only end up hurt. And he tells his mother that he got a grant from Charles Widmore, and she seems to be very pleased about it. Uh, kind of mixed emotions for mm-hmm. uh, now, obvious reasons. And she gives him a gift, the journal that we've seen much, you know, through the f- last couple of seasons here, uh, which says something about, remember, I will always love you, which goes back to what we were just talking about. Um, it isn't that she was some diabolical, crazy woman who right. wanted to send her son to the island so he could die. Uh, she had a, a bigger purpose in mind, uh, but she still mm-hmm. loved him. Yep. Yeah, I, I almost like, I almost kind of got this sense, and I, I don't see how, but like maybe that she even knew that what would happen to um, Daniel's girlfriend if he was with her. You know, it's like she mm-hmm. knew she couldn't really change it, but yet had to say it because yeah. in light of what she knew, it's kind of like, you know, Daniel only heard him. You know, it's like, yep. You know, so it just made a lot of sense. Like after I saw what happened, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Looking back now, what the way she was was only trying to prepare him for the be- you know for what he was about to be against. Right. You know? Yeah, and plus, you know, when we find out that she knows the future, pretty much, um, right. she knows what's going to happen to Teresa more than likely, mm-hmm. and and she's. I mean, if we want to look at this from you know from the opposite side of, you know, she's doing this because she's being mean and rude to Teresa. 
we could look at it and say, well, she's doing this because she knows what's going to happen to Teresa and she's trying to distance herself right. and not become attached, you know? Yep. <laughs> so who knows? No, definitely. And even, um, I was thinking of it this way too. It's like, if I knew the future and I knew what my, it was going to happen with my son and this is the case and that at least that's what it seemed to be the case. Mm-hmm. I would want my son to study as hard as he possibly could to mm-hmm. possibly find another way. Right. Yeah, you know? exactly. So Yeah, oh wow, that's awesome. It's it's almost like they knew they had to teach him a certain amount so he could go to the island and accomplish his purpose, but they were hoping he would take it even further than that. Right. And possibly find a way to even change the past. Right. Um, so they could keep that from happening in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because she even says, at this point, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. You know. Right. That's awesome. I love that. Very cool. So later we see the scene where Dan was sitting in the chair crying, you know, when the Oceanic News came on the TV. Right. And just then, Widmore shows up to see him. And Faraday tells him, you know, he's sorry. He has a condition that affects his memory. And uh, Faraday recalls, you know, that he's one of the, you know, that Widmore is the guy who funded his research grant. Um, He says before he uh, was dismissed from Oxford, he tested it out on himself and he would never hurt Teresa. So just to help clarify things, basically the picture is a lot more obvious here. Right. It it wasn't that Widmore or Widmore wasn't that Dan um, used Teresa as a guinea pig and ended up ditching her. After no. it happened, you know, after things went bad, he tried it out on both of them and totally forgot, like lost his memory pretty much after it happened. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I, my theory is also that, you know, he's like, you know, I tried it out myself. Uh-huh. Well, I, my theory is that it didn't do the same thing to him as it did to her is because he's a native from the island. Right. And he had a purpose to fulfill. Mm hmm. Oh, that's a good point too. I mean, I um, obviously, if Widmore and Eloise are his parents, it it makes sense to me that he was born on the island. Oh yeah, and yeah, that's definitely. part of what makes th- makes the situation special for him. Yeah, definitely. And, and like we've seen so many times, if the island's not done with you, it doesn't matter what you do to yourself. Yeah, you, you yeah, know. right. So, but Widmore says he's there to offer Daniel a new opportunity. Uh, Dan watches the TV again and says he doesn't know why it's bothering him so much, um, you know, that they're dead. And Widmore says, if I told you, what if I told you that they're not dead? Of course, telling Daniel something we already knew. Um, He says, what if I told you that the plane was a fake, an elaborate, expensive fake? And uh, Dan asks why he's telling this. And Widmore says, you know, because come tomorrow, you won't remember that I told you any of it. And, uh, uh, which was a good way for the writers, I think, to cover their tracks a little bit and yeah. tell exactly, you know, to ke- explain to us why Dan didn't show up on the island and then tell everybody that's what had happened. Even right. though Naomi did, I think, didn't she? That's yeah. pretty much what she did is she told yeah. them all when she got there that their plane crashed. Oh, but she didn't tell them Woodmore was behind it, though. So yeah. uh, he, oh, what was that? I said, yeah, I, said, I was wondering what you had said the last part, but yeah, Naomi did kind of give him the overview. Yeah, just she basically told him that the plane had crashed. She didn't really right. tell them that Widmore was the guy who was responsible for, frame, right. you know, kind of making the crash up. Right. So he tells Dan about the real plane crash and says he wants to send Dan to the island and show him things he never dreamed of and, more importantly, heal him of his memory issues. 
and he asks Widmore why he's doing this, and he says because Dan is a man of tremendous talents, and it would be a waste not to use them. Yeah. You know, I, I was just thinking about something, too, here. It makes sense also not to make out Widmore to be this monster, yeah. but how he would be re- reluctant to have a relationship with his son because he knew what was going to happen for to right. him. Right, right. And you get you the know, sense... Um, Oh, yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense because yeah. it's like Widmore took the easy route and had zero relationship right. with Daniel because he knew what was going to happen. And Eloise was almost forced to do the opposite, right. you know, because she was the one that had to nurture him to become mm-hmm. the man he needed to be to do what he had to do. Right. And in the process, obviously, she formed a relationship with her son, you know. Yeah, and I almost see two two different perspectives on the island, too, and in and, and the, uh, the theories uh, here it's like I think Woodmore stands as whatever's happens happens, mm-hmm. and 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 Eloise is saying probably, but we'll see. You know, yeah, we'll see if we can do anything about right. it. Right, yeah. So Eloise arrives and tells Dan that it's very important <clears throat> that he says yes to the opportunity to work for Widmore on the island. She says this island can make him better, so he'll be able to do the complex work Widmore is asking for. He asks if she really wants him to go, and she says yes. He asks if it'll make her proud of him, and she says yes. So he agrees to do it. So again, setting up the situation where, um, obviously from his point of view, she's been kind of distant. She hasn't been very proud of what mm-hmm. he's done. And from her point of view, she knows what's going to happen, and she's afraid to invest too much in the right. relationship, it almost seems like. Right. So the next section is 30 years earlier, back in the 70s here. And uh, Dan gets out of the sub and sees Miles for the first time in a long time. I think since like the first couple of episodes of the season, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And uh, he came back when he saw the photo of Jack, Kate, and the others in the Dharma, you know, with the Dharma Initiative. And he goes to see Jack and ask him how they got back to the island And Jack tells him that his mother is the one that told him to get back on the plane, and that's how they get back to the island. Mm -hmm. He asks if uh, she told them that it was their destiny, and Dan says, I got some bad news. You don't belong here at all. She was wrong. What's your thoughts on the you don't belong here at all? You know, I didn't know. I I think, um, you know, Daniel had spent spent his time off the island trying to trying to course like figure things out and how to change things mm-hmm. um and so he was he was trying to get off the island and he blamed his mom for being there so i think yeah. his i think his perspective was skewed because of that you know i don't think it had nothing to do with jack and all of them i still believe that there's really is a purpose for jack and them to be there okay you know, i don't yeah. i don't i don't i'm not buying directly into what what Daniel has said. Right. You know? It's kind of like he's rejected what she says wholesale when maybe right. he, sh- he should believe part of it and, you know, maybe not another part of it. Right. Yeah. I see. I agree with you. I mean, um, there are other, some other people here, well, as we'll see here in a bit that also question that, you know, his line of you don't belong here at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I'm kind of with you as to where it's just like he has been convinced for whatever reason. And that I'm not sure why yet, um, he's been convinced that um, his mother's reasons for wanting to get them on the island were wrong. Mm-hmm. And and what I don't understand is why he thought that. Why did he think that 
she was trying to, uh, that she was wrong about it? Well, I mean, if you look at, well, I, I guess from my perspective, as you look at what Daniel's had to go through while he's been on this island, it's been anything but really research until mm-hmm. all of the research he's been able to do up to this point is to try to get them back off his island. You know, I mean, he yeah. basically right. found out he was on a suicide mission mm-hmm. to kill somebody, you know, and, and, and he was like, you know, this island's nothing but bad. You know, it's a bunch of people getting hurt and people dying, you know, a big war going on. You know, my mom was wrong. This is not. Okay. Although I would say he has to also look at like, okay, this dude did get healed. He is healed. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so I don't know how you lose that and, you know, all the shuffle, but he did. It does yeah. seem like he kind of overlooked that. So it's kind of like she sent him there to the island. He was expecting something totally different than what he's gotten so far since arriving there. And right. therefore he, he really questions her motives completely. Yeah. I mean, well, he was supposed to be going for research, you know, and, right. you know, uh-huh. doing all this stuff. And it's kind of like turned into almost basically a war. Yeah. Yeah. So Dan has Miles take him to the orchid uh, where he waits for Pierre Chang to arrive and then follows him down into the orchid where we see the scene take place that we originally saw at the beginning of this season. Uh, where he goes down into the orchid after they've mm-hmm. drilled into some of this energy. Right. Uh, he's thumbing through his notebook on the way down, almost like he's taking a final look, you know, kind of like an actor would in a play. You know, he's taking a final look at the the lines in his script before he goes out to talk to Pierre Chang. Right. And uh, there, I my think, I'm thinking totally, like he's gotten notes about what's going to happen in the future in that book. Oh, or yeah, Or what's definitely. already happened, one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's gotten, it's, it's like he's doing his research in reverse. He uh-huh. knows the outcome. So now he has to find out the cause. It's easier yeah. to do that than it is to, you know, to figure out the, uh, basically figure out how to do something and then guess on the outcome. You know, it's uh-huh. like he already right. knows the future, you know? So, so right. it is interesting to see him basically reading through his notes about, okay, I know this, this, and this happened. So this must happen, you know? Yeah. Right. And after the scene we you know we'd already seen before, he confronts Chang and says he needs him to order the evacuation of everyone on this island because the man is on a stretcher because of electromagnetic energy that your team unleashed while drilling down here. Mm-hmm. He says the same thing is going to happen at the site of the Swan Station, except the energy there will be 30,000 times more powerful and it's going to be catastrophic. Uh, when Chang asks how he could possibly make such a prediction, he says he's from the future. And Chang refuses to believe him. And finally, Faraday tells him, you know, with Miles standing right there, that Miles is his son. Right. Um, and Miles denies it completely, and Chang leaves and doesn't seem to believe it at all. And Dan says he's just making sure that Chang does exactly what he's supposed to do. Right. And what's that's what's so cool is it's like, uh, right now, Dan's purpose is to kind of put in put into effect a chain of events to make sure these people carry out the past and do what they're supposed to do. Which I can tell you what he was supposed to do, but I haven't watched next episode. What? Uh, tell me. He what Chang does is put his wife and his baby on a sub, right, and send them out of there because just in case Faraday's right. Yeah, and therefore. Therefore, Miles grows up, you know. Thinking and, that his father wasn't interested in him. Right. All that right. stuff. Yeah. Right. Let me see here. Where am I at?
Uh, yeah, okay. So Sawyer meets with everyone and they try and decide what to do from here. Um, both they have two options, both of which involve them leaving the life they've set up for themselves, which is both kind of a bittersweet thing, really, because it is so awesome what you know he and Juliet have. But right. also, it's like you know, let's get back to basics here, and you know, mm-hmm. running around the jungle and and doing things like you used to. Right. And uh, <laughs> they decide to run off into the jungle and start from square one. Just then, Dan and Miles show up. Um, to their meeting and they ask if, if, if it, what, any of them know where they can find the hostiles. And he says, one of them is his mother and she's the only person on the island who can get them back to where they belong. Jack asks Kate if she can get him to the others. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Jack asks Kate if she can get him to the others. Uh, he says she made him promise not to ask about Aaron or why she came back, but I know mm-hmm. that reason isn't here. It's not now. Right. And Juliet then gives him the code for the sonic fence and says it's over there for them anyway. Uh, that basically their life can't continue the way it was, so they might as well just go full blast and do whatever. And uh, Sawyer says when they realize they've made a huge mistake, we'll be back at the beach, back where we started. Mm-hmm. Which um, I think I'm trying to decide if we should talk about this now. I, the moment I heard that line, the first time I saw this episode... Um, I guess just in combination with this whole time travel stuff, the way things have been going on, I wondered if this was a hint of what we're supposed to expect, um, in season six. Yeah. Yeah. That might be almost like things. Yeah. Like a a reset button is hit and for for whatever reason, they're right back where they started. I don't know what that would make season six look like, but. Uh, that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a couple like theories of what's to come myself, uh-huh. um, but I'm I'm not sure. Like like one is whatever happens with the with Chang and the the group, mm-hmm. either it's a big, huge you know surge of this energy, and to me it might would shift those people that are in time travel back mm-hmm. to their normal time. You right. know, and so they might went in back up with Locke and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever happens with with um, all of them, I'm not sure if in 1977. But so that, that that's me. And then, you know, in season six, we could maybe see these people back together and, and stuff like that. And, and, and things kind of pass like that. But my other theory is we might see a whole different side of why the purge happened. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, my thoughts is you got Jack and Kate. Well, we know we're about to get to that scene, you know, with it's still in the jungle here with the others. We know what happens to Daniel. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. something, there's going to be an explanation done here. What's going to, you know, they're going to explain, you know, what's going on here. Well, right. if that's the case, then the only way to stop Chang from doing what he's doing is to take them over. Yeah. You know, and if right. they do that, if they have the purge and they end up taking them over, then it makes sense that, you know, that they would basically, I don't know, stop this event from happening so that it didn't wipe the whole island out. But um, well, yeah. It, okay. But that's why like, Chang and the rest of them were killed late, you know, and put in a hole, you know. It's like um, an alternate version of the purge that didn't involve Ben at all. It was right. just the others reacting to the fact that you know, Jack and Kate got involved and, you know, all this stuff happened. When did Ben supposedly go over, though? 
Uh, well, we saw the... Um, well, it, was, it was quite later in his life, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He was, I mean, at least he, supposed to be in his, you know, 20s, I think. Because at this point, he's only like like 12 10, or 13. Yeah, 12 or, yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty so, young So I guess it's still before that. So I, I guess that theory's kind of blown, but it, it seems like there's got to be some type of... Well, because the way, the way um, Daniel was talking about it, that there's going to be a huge event that's going to happen. Yeah. You know? Right. And I'm just trying to see, like, from signs of the future, which I'm trying to do the whole Faraday thing here, look at what the future has and try to work myself backwards into a, into a, an idea of what's going to happen. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but I don't see any indications of any kind of huge, like, you know, um, energy release where p- tons of people were killed um, and things like that. I don't see that. Now, what's so interesting is we go back to season two when we first saw the orientation video for the swan. And, right. you know, Marvin Candle actually mentions in the video, you know, since the incident, the following protocol has been observed. And so you get the That's sense true. that this, uh, this incident happened, but there was still a Dharma initiative after that. So this That's didn't true. wipe them all out. Uh, it's almost like we already know what's going to happen to a certain extent, but we don't know exactly what happened. Or what right. the events were that surrounded all of it. We just know it's called the incident, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I guess, in my mind, I expected something more catastrophic because that's what Dan was uh-huh. talking of, you right. know. Um, but it may not be an as big as uh, as event as Dan had thought. But yet something did happen, and yet that's why they've now started pushing the button and doing all these things. Yeah, um, you know. So that's so, what's. Yeah. That's what's so exciting to me is to find out exactly what this incident is because I start to get the sense that it isn't like your traditional, you know, they release this energy and because of it, a bunch of people are killed. It's like they release this amazing amount of energy and something totally unexpected happens. Right. And it's like, what the heck is it? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm Um, looking forward to that. Yeah, I am too. I mean, it it could be another, it could be another group brought into to the picture. It could be right. a, a plane crash. It could be, um, you know, something in, insane where there's just an incident that changed the the people on the island forever. Yeah, you know, right. Well, what we'll do is after our last episode for this season five, we'll have a we'll have an episode where we just basically talk about where we're at, what, where we think things are going, just theories on exactly what's going on on this show. Yeah. If this was happening, if this was like early, like 1900s or whatever, I would almost say that the incident was that the war, the people, you know, that were the army people were brought into the picture, uh-huh. you know, but right. it's, it's, it's past that. So it's, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. I am, I'm excited to see what it is. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So on their way to the others, you know, Dan notices um, Charlotte on the swings and goes to talk to her. He tells her that hopefully soon Dr. Chang is going to tell a lot of people to leave the island. She and her mom are going to have to leave in case what he's there to do doesn't work. Uh, He says he tried to avoid telling her he didn't think he could change things, but maybe he can. So, uh, I mean... Obviously, I think this is cool because it's almost like the little scene that Charlotte described when she was dying. Right. Uh, we, we get to see that play out exactly what yep. happened. And he couldn't. The reason why he told her 
was because he was in the process of trying to change what was going to happen. Right. Wait, That's um, pretty cool. I guess the whole Charlotte thing is still a bit of mystery to me because she, I think, well, I mean, if, she, if he had such a big presence and, and, um, scared her like that, you would think that she would have known him earlier before she was dying, you know? Mm-hmm. But when we don't have to get all back into all that, but yeah, but it's, you know, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, you know, so, yeah. but it is interesting. It is. And he said, you know, he was hoping he wouldn't have to tell her what, what he's about to tell her, which was obviously don't come back to the Island, but yeah. you know, it was, it's cool to see that scene play out as it was described before by Charlotte, you know? Well, that's the thing is, I mean, not to go into this whole subject, but she did remember him. That's why she told him when she was dying. Um, and obviously that's because it was her past that he was living in. Um, yeah. N- yeah. No, I'm just saying like she remembered it as she was dying, but she didn't remember it when she was hanging out with Daniel for the previous how many ever days. And Oh, whatever. no, no, because then all the time travel stuff hadn't happened. There was no context. It's like, why would she expect this guy that she saw as a little girl to be there? But once right. she realized they were jumping around in time, it, that becomes it, more yeah. reasonable. And she that realized that he was the one. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Yeah, he then goes to meet back up with Jack and Kate and they're gathering some guns and they end up having this shootout with Redzinski and some other guys and Dan gets shot. Uh, they manage to get away and get into the jungle. Uh, Dan explains that this is their present and uses the example that he didn't have a scar on his neck when he first met them. So he hadn't been shot yet, which I thought was a great way to kind of clear things right. up. Yeah. And, and he says, so they have to be careful because any one of them can die. Yeah, that was good. That was actually really good, and it made total sense. I mean, there was no confusion there, which I yeah. was glad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. An alarm is triggered, and then uh, and we see Hurley and Jen together, and Hurley has his guitar case in hand, which is really puzzling me. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that. But um, Radzinski goes in to see Sawyer, and the guy in his you know closet tips Radzinski off to what's going on. So now they're in big trouble. Um, right. All of the people in Dharma know what's going on. They know that Sawyer and them were all involved in this stuff involving Ben. Uh, so it becomes clear that things are coming to an end for them. Oh, yeah. There at Dharma. So, yeah, uh, that, was, that was a good scene. Oh, that was definitely a good scene because you get the sense of like urgency and all this stuff going on. It's just really crazy to see it all come unraveled. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's being pushed in a a totally new direction and you can tell that the show is going to have to change because it can't stay the way it was. Right. Definitely. So Jack asked Dan why he needs a gun to go talk to his mother. And uh, Dan says, you don't know my mother. Dan says in about four hours, the Dharma people are going to drill into the ground and release the huge pocket of energy and in order to contain it, they're going to have to cover it in cement. And this containment, the swan, because of this one accident, these people are going to spend the next 20 years keeping that energy at bay by pressing a button. A button that Desmond will one day fail to push and that will cause your plane to crash on the island. Right. That an entire chain of events will start happening this afternoon. Um, this is awesome. This is one of my favorite mm-hmm. parts of this episode. Um, I want to know how Daniel knew all of this information about the Swan Station. 
because I yeah, don't that, because, think well, he knew it. I could, we go ahead. I, I just I don't think he knew it when he landed on the on the island. You know, when he yeah, got no, there on that neither. freighter, he didn't know it. No, I, I I think I think like we said, I think he's worked backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's you know he's he's the solution or the problem has been solved, and he's going back to find uh, the problem. You know, and and I I, I think that. He, he because he finds out that they're gonna build the Swan Station or whatever and when because he, he's working on stuff out there in Ann Arbor or whatever he where he is at yeah right you know and so he's probably thinking oh my gosh this is what happens the the Swan Station was meant to be this uh-huh. well they're gonna tap in his energy which they're gonna cause is gonna cause them to build that thing which is what Desmond was doing on that island which when he messed up is what brought them to this island you know I mean it kind of starts it's kind of like the this missing puzzle piece was found and now it's just all starting to come together for him, you know? Right. So it's basically like he's found out what the end result is and he's trying to go back to the one step in history that caused everything to go in that direction and try to change that one event. Yep. Because if it all, if it all started with the Swan station for the oceanic group, Mm -hmm. then in the oceanic and or in the Swan group, the Swan is just now being built. Right. Then we got we right there. We have something. We have a very practical, you know, um, problem there. It's like okay, okay. Now I know what's going to happen. You know, he kind of heard about the one guy. He was down in the in the um, orchid when the one guy got a little taste of the the energy, and he, it's uh-huh. all like, aha, okay, I get it now. Mm-hmm. You know, right. He says he studied relativistic physics for a long time, and he spent so much time focusing on the constants that he ignored the variables, uh, them specifically. Um, He says, we have free will. We can change our destiny. I think I can negate the energy under the swan. I think I can destroy it. If If I can, then the hatch will never be built, and your plane will land just like it's supposed to in Los Angeles. He plans to destroy the energy by detonating a hydrogen bomb. Um, so then this is, I mean, time just continues to wrap over on itself because now we're going back to the fifties when they were there right. before and the, the hydrogen bomb was there on the Island. And mm-hmm. now it's like, you know, that's coming into play again as well. Right. And, and maybe some people have an easier time with this, but man, this, I have such a hard time unraveling all of this stuff and, and keeping track of these different time issues and right. how one item happening in the past influences the future, the current time mm-hmm. and the future yep. and all this stuff. It, I mean, maybe I'm just not real good at processing that stuff because some other people in our forums and emails we get seem to have no problem with this, but <laughs> maybe I'm just overthinking it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm with you. I mean, there's certain things that, that I, you kind of got to, like we talked about, it's jumped so much. You know, yeah. you, you kind of got to get the timeline and everything straight out, straighten in your head. But I don't think, as the show has pretty much shown itself to be uh, the whole time, that anything we see, I think, is almost anything we see is very important. And we've known that before in the past. You know, it's like that's why we dissect the show so much is because think, a lot of things aren't just done for just whatever reason. You know, it's so the fact that the hydrogen bomb was on that island, we knew something, you know, we knew that there was going to be some reason that that thing was there and that it had mm-hmm. to be buried and that Dan was, you know, like we knew that, but we, I mean, not until now does it make sense. Yeah. 
you know. Right. So Dan gets into the other's camp, and for whatever reason, he starts waving a gun around and kind of firing at the ground. And Yeah, it was crazy. It kind of, it, that made me mad. I mean, from the moment they started that you could tell what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's like, why in the heck did he wander into this camp with a gun, being kind of hostile towards them, and basically forcing them to shoot him because he right. was being crazy. And he asked to speak to Eloise. Uh, Richard comes out and says she's not here right now. And Dan walks towards Richard, you know, again, being kind of uh, sudden with his movements and really just not making good choices and asks him where the hydrogen bomb is and uh, that he told them to bury. He, he continues to threaten Richard unless he can get Eloise there and Eloise ends up shooting him in the back. And he says, you knew, you always knew, you knew this was going to happen and you sent me here anyway. She asks him who he is, and of course he says, I'm your son. And obviously she's really freaked out by it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, a couple things here real quick. One, the, Dan had made a comment when they first gave him a gun, you know, can I have something a little more my caliber, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, like beginners. Yeah, like he didn't have the knowledge how to use a gun, and then he goes in there, he's like shooting ground, and you know, <laughs> doing all, I'm like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not real sure about all that. <laughs> But and the thing with um, Eloise and Dan, it's like, how freaky would that be? It's like you know, she he tells her this, and then you have a son, mm-hmm. or maybe she's not even pregnant at this point. Maybe this is why her and Whitmore got together, you right. know, that they knew they had to have a son. I don't know, you know, because um, this is 1977. He was born in 1978, right? So so he hadn't even been conceived at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, so she got pregnant with Widmore because of this event is, in my opinion, at this point, you know, um, and then to, to as he's born to see him grow and then to turn into exactly the man she saw on that island uh-huh. is just, I yeah. mean, it had to be just crazy for her, you know? Yeah, that's that's really crazy to think about, too, is um from this point on, obviously, she she did have this knowledge of killing her son yeah, as an adult, you know? So it's like from the moment he was born, she knew this was going to happen. It's almost like she had accepted that this is what was going to happen. Right. And she couldn't change it, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But um, I guess my main issue with this is, Surely they could have found a better way for this to happen than him deciding to walk into their camp and be really belligerent and shooting the ground and, you know, insisting to see her and all this stuff. And especially when he's trying to change, you know, the future. Right. Yeah, it didn't seem very, his personality didn't seem like someone that was going in trying to negotiate. Well, let's uh, get into some of our feedback here. Um, in the forums, Brandon and Bama writes, I really, really liked this episode. It seems to confirm once and for all that you can't change the past no matter what you do. That is, I think, unless your name happens to be Desmond Hume. Faraday said he's miraculously special. I still think he can change the future somehow. Didn't he change and fla- or change the future in flashes before your eyes when he told the man who was about to be hit with the cricket or bat to duck? Yeah. Uh, Desmond, who was hit instead, sending him back to the island uh, consciousness. But if 
but maybe it all has to do with Desmond's extreme exposure to the electromagnetic energy in the swan when he turned the failsafe key. Maybe exposure to that energy is where all of the characters with special powers got them in the first place. Right. I also believe that Ben was unable to kill Desmond on the dock because, as Miss Hawking said, the island isn't finished with him yet. Surely we'll see him back there on the island soon. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I guess what I like about this is I wonder if there's a connection between um, Eloise saying in the hospital for the first time in a long time she doesn't have any clue what's going to happen because De- or Desmond has this special ability. Almost like um, Desmond is the only person who can truly change the future. And therefore, when she's near him or around him or within, you know, the realm of being influenced by him, she has no clue what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, my, my dad actually just walked into the door and he hasn't watched He's only on season four. So, oh yeah. Three. yeah so I, <laughs> I, I'm trying not to say too much because he did, he did peek his head in the door here. Um, but, um, I, 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 I so, but no, can I, just- I, I you can Go just ahead. respond and say yes or no, and I can okay. <laughs> I can cover okay. for a minute. No, I, it's just for a second, yeah. Yeah. Okay, he's um, back out now. Okay, okay. Well, what do you think of the idea of, I mean, I definitely think Desmond has a bigger part to play in all of this because oh, I, I refuse do. to believe that he's well. just retired, you know? No, I do as well. I mean, and he has had some crazy abilities that others haven't on this island. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he... He has uh, got a big role in this. Um, I think he, if anybody can change the the future uh, in the past, you know, by doing something in the past, it is him. Uh-huh. So I think, honestly, I think in order for these people to get back to their present time, it's going to take Desmond. Right. And, and remember, Faraday actually specifically said that the rules didn't apply to him. Right. Um, to Desmond and that he was miraculously special. And right. so now that we know that, that Faraday's main goal was pretty much to change the future, it almost seems like Desmond does have that ability. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, But what's hard for me, though, <laughs> and this is really depressing, is the fact that we've got one season of this show left. And it's hard for me to imagine without like every single episode being packed to the brim of, you know, them having explaining the story of like Desmond going back to the island, how he gets back to the island, what he does right. to change things. Man, it's like how in the world are they possibly going to pull all this off? Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, yeah, I think Desmond definitely has to have a bigger part to play. Otherwise, they've done a real injustice to his character, I think. In the I show. agree. I agree. Well, Nathaniel Starr writes, at the time of this writing, this is the newest episode and everything contained within may have already been disproven with the season finale when you discussed the episode on your show. He says, so did Daniel Faraday see the picture of Jack, Kate, and Hurley in the Dharma Initiative? And that is what convinced him that the future is not set in stone? Was Daniel aware of a different future where they never went back in time? Remember, he said they weren't supposed to be there. Is this a clue that what the real conflict of the show is? We have heard John Locke uh, Locke tell Jack on multiple occasions, you aren't supposed to do this. 
is Locke somehow subconsciously aware of some previous timeline? Are Widmore and Eloise trying to change something? Are they succeeding in breaking the rules? This brings up the whole paradox event idea. If they blow up the island in 1977, then the plane will never crash. It looks like Jack is going to try and accomplish this, and I think he will succeed. Is that the incident? Is the incident an event that the island slash universe isn't able to course correct? I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like this event or this incident isn't something that's just localized to the swan or even the island. Right. It's almost like it's this event that's huge enough that it actually causes some giant problem that the universe isn't able to course correct and right. therefore changes the future in yeah. some way. If that's the case, though, I'm, I'll be fairly disappointed at the last episode of Lost is this plane landing in California uh-huh. and these people right. getting off yeah. and not knowing each other, not caring about each other, taking their uh-huh. problems that they right. had and continuing their lives, a miserable group, you know? Uh-huh. Well, that's, I'm, I mean, again, we'll, we'll talk about this after we've seen the finale and we're discussing theories, but... Um, I think even if that happened, you have to wonder if there would be a way that they would have an understanding and a consciousness of what would hap- what had happened on the island and, and everything still, they've experienced, yeah. right. but they still, the plane lands, nothing happens, but they still have a memory of what happened. Now, that'd be okay. You know, things would be different for them. You know, right. Kate would have to do time and all that stuff, but ho- if right. they knew each other there'd still be a justice in there, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I think if they do go that route, I think they can find a way to do it without us feeling like, you know, the past, you know, however long we've been watching this show has been a waste, you know, like they right. kind of tricked us by doing it. Right. Yeah. So uh, he also says, in the book, A Brief History of Time, they talk a bit about paradox. One theory is that if a true paradox happened and the universe couldn't fix it, then the entire universe would become untangled and everything would cease to exist. Is this the point of the show? Is this the reason for the numbers? Does the pressing of the button somehow make this paradoxical event not happen? It's all so interesting and just out of reach of my brain, but on the tip of my grasp. So wonderfully frustrating. He also says, It is a very anticlimactic and disappointing end to a very interesting character. If you start to think about it, it's quite depressing that great characters with so much unknown about them end with such little fanfare. But really annoying, boring characters keep going. I'm done with Jack and especially Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You know, that, that there is a lot of truth to that. I mean, Jack and Kate, like, is there any mystery or stone left unturned with those characters? Not that I'm yet, aware of. Not really. Yet they continue on. And Faraday, who is, like, totally full of mystery and could, I mean, they could probably finish out the series just giving us information about his character. Yeah. And, and he's gone, you know. I get, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So BCK Lockhart writes, Why all the guns? Seems like guns were the cause of too much unnecessary conflict in this episode. The episode was hyped to be a sister episode of The Constant, so I guess I was expecting something different. I don't think it was a bad episode because there was plenty of interesting things in this episode. 
the mystery woman, Daniel's caretaker, was identified, turned out to be nobody. There was speculation when, uh, when we seen when we saw the scene previously in season four that she was going to turn out to be someone that we would know or be significant. I think we do this a lot when with a show or when they show a character and don't show the face. The scene was continued to show Mr. Widmore visited him. We also learned that Daniel's memory issues were further along than we had thought. Now that scene from last season where Daniel is trying to remember the cards makes more sense. Uh, that's that's a good point there too yeah. because that scene was very mysterious to me. Why was he trying to remember what was on these playing cards? And right. obviously now it's because he was trying to see how how far along his healing was. Exactly. He says, I hated to see the end of one of my favorite characters. Daniel was interesting and I really thought he was going to be much more significant to the resolution of the conflict on the island than he turned out to be. What will happen now, and who is going to be the hero to save the island? Desmond? Thanks, everyone, for your feedback. And as always, you can visit the forums at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums to leave your thoughts, questions, or comments. Of course, we only have two more episodes for this season, so if you're going to want to get some comments in, you're going to want to do that very, very, very quickly. Let's see here. Um, So I guess... The main questions from this episode that I come out with is, you know, one, what's the mystery between Eloise and Charles Widmore? What are the circumstances that led to them having Daniel in the first place? Right. And exactly what was their reasoning for pushing him to the island so much? Uh, Was it just because they knew what needed to happen and therefore were just totally focused on making it happen? Yeah. Or is there more to it than that? Right. Yeah, definitely. And of course, why did Eloise leave the island in the first place? I believe it has got- to, all has to do with uh, Daniel. He, she leaves the island to educate him and raise him the way he has to, to get off the uh-huh. island, to come back to the island. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I definitely would go for that. Well, we've got a couple of voicemails here. Let's get into those. Okay. Hey, Anton and Evan, it's Jed from Iowa, your super fan, uh, calling. I'm in the middle of listening to Dead is Dead, a fantastic episode, and uh, just wanted to uh, comment on something you guys brought up and ask for some feedback on uh, the sequence where uh, Ben shoots Caesar and why, what his motivation was for that. Ben is all about manipulation, right? And he, right now, is kind of under the thumb of John Locke, so to kind of you know, he wants to kill John Locke. In order to do that, he needs to gain John Locke's trust. So he's kind of swindles Caesar into thinking he needed help. Caesar is semi-attacking John Locke, and then Ben protects John Locke. So John sort of sees that uh, Ben is working for him and doing things for him and protecting him. Kind of might let he might lower his guard then on Ben. I think Ben's motivation there is definitely to think that, uh, to make John think that he's closer to him, uh, thus uh, allowing him to uh, try to kill him. But we know that uh, that can't happen or shouldn't happen because uh, Alex <laughs> slammed him against the wall and said, don't you try it, Ben. We're all flipping a ratio. Um, it, it's a fantastic episode. Hopefully that helps things. Uh, I got to listen to the rest. Thanks, guys. 
Thanks so much, Jed. That actually helps a ton. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I, I couldn't quite, I knew there was something there. Ben was trying to do uh, Curry some favor with Locke or something, but I couldn't quite put it together in my mind. It was just too late. Right. Uh, but right. that makes perfect sense. You know, he's doing, you know, trying to gain John Locke's trust by tricking Caesar into thinking that he needs help. So mm-hmm. Caesar will therefore, you know, threaten Locke so Ben can stand up for him pretty much. Right. So thanks so much, Jed, as always. And let's listen to our next voicemail here. Okay. Hey, uh, it's on 11. This is uh, Robert in Miami. Um, I wanted to comment. I was just listening to um, That Is Death. Just started listening to it. I wanted to comment on the um, comment you made about uh, Ben and, and Ethan. Uh, you can see those two hanging up, hanging around together. I see it as um, when Ethan was born, Ben was a teenager. So it's quite possible that, you know, being that the Dharma Initiative was so small, you know, Ben may have babysat for Ethan. Um, he may have been um, looked upon like a big brother to Ethan as Ethan was growing up a big brother or uncle figure if, you know, he babysat for him or if he took him under his wings when he was younger. So even at um, that stage, Ethan is a teenager, Ben is an adult. It's not far-fetched to see them with each other because he could have just said, you know, me and Ethan were going to go hunting or, or something along those lines. And um, they'd be together and, you know, they'd go to the Othersville and, um, to become more initiated or integrated into others while they're still with the Dharma Initiative. So that's just my thoughts. Um, continue listening. Take care. Thanks a lot for your comment. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit um, it, because it seemed a little bit weird for at least me, and I think Evan agreed, was that uh, yeah. it just, you know, kind of... A, older guy we're hanging out with this teenage guy you know it's like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me but i, I guess what you're saying is true i mean the dharma initiative was was quite small and, and and it probably would be a you know a lot better chance for that to be the case um it doesn't really uh even even with that being the case it kind of seems to me like um ben had an objective for ethan even at an early age you know so yeah. maybe it was more of like a trying to take him under his wing and, and, and introduce him to the, the others and start this almost movement of the purge and all this stuff, you know, kind of working his way through the system early um, is kind of my thought. You know, it's like he kind of picked out a few people that was going to be a part of the, the purge with him and started to uh, 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 do do those types of things. That's that's my thoughts. But I definitely do appreciate the uh, the voicemail because um, there's not a whole lot that can make sense in that in that in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, my my biggest problem with all of that is that um, it seems like the purge had already happened at this point. That's true. Because at, up until this point, I've had kind of my understanding has been that the purge is when Ben fully joined the others. Right. And why would he be carrying out these little missions and things for the others when he wasn't actually, you know, fully part of them and, you know, being with them full time? Because if he was still kind of in with the Dharma initiative, it would be a huge risk for him to be out there carrying out others of the order, you know, orders of the others at that time. Yeah, I I guess that makes sense. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, I still would maybe believe that, Maybe this whole thing with Ethan was, you know, he maybe he took Ethan in because he didn't want Ethan to be killed with the others, you know, well, uh-huh. with, the, with the the Dharma group, you know, and kind of like the whole soft soft side of him with with uh, Alex, you know, it's like yeah, we'll kill everybody, but don't do not kill Ethan, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll go for that. Yeah, thanks so much, Robert, for your voicemail. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's listen to our last one here. Hey there, Lost Mystery Podcast. This is Sergeant Drano from Station 7 and Lost TV. I'm calling to read a comment uh, for the variable, uh, just in case you want more voice content for your show. thought I would just read my comment that I left uh, on the forum. Uh, and, of course, you have permission to use it. And I found this episode to be somewhat disappointing. I think maybe it was overhyped as the 100th episode of Lost, and maybe we expected too much. This episode caused a resurgence of Kate Hate, with Kate being the one who had the brilliant idea to go get guns before they visit the others, even though Kate herself should have known that they didn't need guns at all the last time she went to visit them, like two days earlier. It's getting the guns that gets them spotted by Radzinski, which looks like the beginning of the end for their happy lives with the D.I. Kate is also the person who insisted on giving Daniel a gun, even after he asked if, if there is one for beginners. Hey, if a guy asks for a beginner gun, that guy shouldn't get a gun. And sure enough, Daniel behaves like an idiot with it. Uh, side note, Jack is there for all of this, yet he also lets Daniel have a gun. At this point, I want you to flash back to season one, where Jack kept all the guns locked up and insisted only on loaning them out to people who he believed were qualified to use them. What happened to that, Jack? There were also many complaints about Daniel and his sudden about-face on the what-happened-happened argument on whether or not the past can be changed. I realize he's been gone for three years, but it still seems, it still seems sudden. Daniel suddenly seems to believe that he can change things, which doesn't feel very natural since the last time we saw him, he was the strongest proponent of the view that change was impossible. Plus, his very notion that they can prevent themselves from ever coming to the island by stopping the incident makes, in my opinion, absolutely no sense, since if they succeed in stopping the incident and prevent themselves from ever coming to the island, then they can't go back in time and stop the incident. Their very success would guarantee their failure. Some have pointed out that Daniel's encounter with young Charlotte makes him look like a perv. And, oh yeah, uh, one of the things discussed on the forums, uh, different forums, is the possibility of whether or not the book Hawking gave Daniel already had his notes in it from when she took it off his dead body in 1977. Uh, what do you think of that? If it does, Daniel could, in theory, build upon his work with each iteration of his life as the book loops around and around in time. And that's all I have. The comments have been said. Looking forward to your podcast. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much, Sergeant Drano. Um, one of my favorite things about that call is the part about Jack and how, you know, back in season one, Jack was like so in control of all the guns. Mm-hmm. He was so against making these rash decisions and, you know, armoring up so they could go and fight people and right. all this stuff. And here he is doing the opposite. It's like he doesn't care at all. And it's just a great example of how much change has happened to these oh, characters. Yeah. And and I don't think it's it's really as much part of the story as it's just, it seems like the, the way the writers are writing the characters has changed so right. much. Um, and it's kind of sad in a way. I mean, because I really miss season two and season three Jack, you know, and season one, season two, Kate. Um, and in a lot of ways, it feels like those characters don't even exist anymore. Right. Yeah, they're completely different. Yeah. So I really like that. But what about this idea of, I mean, 
does it bother you that Daniel's um, theories in this episode seem to go so against kind of the the rules they've established, you know, about time travel with the show? Um, I don't guess it, it, it'd be, it bothers me a little bit, but I guess I kind of buy into it because it's what's supposed to happen, you know? So it's yeah. like... Yes, maybe it's far-fetched. Maybe it's completely against what we think. But whatever is uh-huh. supposed to happen is going to happen. So these events are going to take place. So, you know, his ration, him being rational and things like that, like there's going to be uh-huh. certain things that he's going to discover that's going to make him believe otherwise, you know, for this very yeah. purpose. You know, so, right. so it helps me swallow and you also better, get you know. Yeah. And I think what you also get the sense of is even though Daniel thought he was doing something wild, and that was going to change the the future. He was really just playing into exactly. the hand of what was going exactly. to happen anyway. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it didn't bother me either. I mean, now this is one example um, where you know people who were telling us that we had the whole time travel theory wrong and all this stuff. Um, it's kind of like, well, how do you know exactly what they're saying this time travel theory right. is? Whenever, you know, we've got this episode where they're trying to disprove what they've already right, told exactly. us. So it's kind of like there's really no hard and f- there are no hard and fast rules about what's going on because they're still telling us what those rules yeah, are. I agree. You know, we don't know to have the full picture yet. I agree. Um, I did like to comment also about the uh, diary just by, you know, that, uh, that uh-huh. I mean, literally, you know, Daniel has n- had these notes ever since he graduated uh-huh. college, you know, which is, is yeah. pretty awesome to think about. And it's it's kind of like she may have just given him the, the notes about what was going to happen, and he's kind of added his notes right. alongside that yeah. as things have gone to make his journey through time um, easier and to, to kind of work things out the way he needs yep. to. But yeah, thanks so much, Sergeant Drano, for your call, as always. And if you would like to call in your feedback, and you're going to want to do that very soon here if you want to get in your notes about the uh, the season finale or our next episode, which will be Follow the Leader, um, you can do so at 765-439-4190. Well, anything else before we close this out? Um, the only thing for me is um, it really wouldn't make – it really um – actually can't be can't be the diary from the future because way back when whenever Daniel was working at the university and Desmond comes and visits mm-hmm. him he tells him something that he only knows in the future and he had written in his diary that he would have been able to read in his diary if had it been from the future so Hold on, hold on, wait. Okay, real quick. Okay. <laughs> this is the stuff that I'm bad okay. at wrapping my mind well, around. Well, Des- Desmond goes and visits Daniel. Okay, right. and he says, remember, tell him this, which is supposed to, the name of his rat and these Yeah, the frequency. And, and the frequency. Yeah. Well, if right. it was already in his diary, because it would, so it would have been written mm-hmm. down, he would have already known that frequency and already have already, you know, been able to, oh. you know, so that can't really be the case, I don't think, unless it's just an inconsistency thing. But this was, uh, wasn't this after that? Well, he got the diary after that, though, after the point when Desmond met him because he had just graduated, wor- and that's why he got the Yeah, but the, he was working the for the university when we saw him with Desmond, I thought. Okay, uh, yeah, maybe he yeah. was. I guess I was, okay, I see. I was thinking of him more as a student, yeah. but no, I think you're right. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so I anyways, definitely can go it. along with that. <laughs> 
Okay. On Wednesday, we'll be discussing Follow the Leader, um, the penultimate episode of season five. And uh, obviously on Sunday, then we'll be discussing the season finale. And man, I cannot wait to talk about awesome. it. Well, until then, everyone, we hope you all have a great day and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.